Section 5 of the Book of the Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 10. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Mr. Mike79, also known as Mike Golchinsky, Lowell, Michigan, United States of America, Mike's Voice for Hire.com. The Book of the Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 10, by Anonymous. Translated by Richard Francis Burton. Section 5. When it was the nine hundred and ninety-fourth night, she resumed, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that while the princess Dunya cried the cry which must be cried, merchant Maruf abated her maidenhead, and that night was one not to be counted among lives, for that which it comprised of the enjoyment of the fair, clipping and dallying langu forêt and futtering till the dawn of day, when he arose and entered the hammam whence, after donning a suit for sovereigns suitable, he betook himself to the king's divan. All who were there rose to him, and received him with honor and worship, giving him joy, and invoking blessings upon him. And he sat down by the king's side and asked, Where is the treasurer? They answered, Here he is, before thee. And he said to him, Bring robes of honor for all the viziers and emirs and dignitaries, and clothe them therewith. The treasurer brought him all he sought, and he sat giving all who came to him and lavishing largesse upon every man according to his station. On this wise he abode twenty days, whilst no baggage appeared for him, nor aught else, till the treasurer was straitened by him to the uttermost and going in to the king, as he sat alone with the vizier in Maruf's absence, kissed ground between his hands, and said, O king of the age, I must tell thee somewhat, lest haply thou blame me for not acquainting thee therewith. Know that the treasury is being exhausted. There is none but a little money left in it, and in ten days more we shall shut it upon emptiness. Quoth the king, O vizier, verily my son-in-law's baggage train tarrieth long, and there appeareth no news thereof. The minister laughed and said, Ha, ha, Allah be gracious to thee, O king of the age. Thou art none other but heedless with respect to this impostor, this liar. As thy head liveth, there is no baggage for him. No, nor a burning plague to rid us of him. Nay, he hath but imposed on thee without surcease, so that he hath wasted thy treasures and married thy daughter for naught. How long, therefore, wilt thou be heedless of this liar? Then quoth the king, O vizier, what shall we do to learn the truth of this case? And quoth the vizier, O king of the age, none may come at a man's secret but his wife. So send for thy daughter, and let her come behind the curtain, that I may question her of the truth of his estate, to the intent that she may make question of him, and acquaint us with his case. Cried the king, There is no harm in that, and as my head liveth, if it can be proved that he is a liar and an impostor, I will verily do him die. By the foulest of deaths. Then he carried the vizier into the sitting chamber and sent for his daughter, who came behind the curtain, her husband being absent, and said, What wouldst thou, O my father? said he, Speak to the vizier. So she asked, O thou, the vizier, what is thy will? And he answered, O my lady, thou must know that thy husband hath squandered thy father's substance and married thee without a dower and he ceaseth not to promise us and break his promises, nor cometh any tidings of his baggage. 
in short, we would have thee inform us concerning him. Quoth she, Indeed, his words be many, and he still cometh and promiseth me jewels and treasures and costly stuffs. But I see nothing. Quoth the vizier, O oh, my lady, canst thou this night take and give with him and talk and whisper to him? Say me soothe and fear from me not, for thou art become my husband, and I will not transgress against thee. So tell me the truth of the matter, and I will devise thee a device, whereby thou shall be set at rest. And do thou play near and far with him in words, and profess love to him, and win him to confess, and after tell us the facts of his case. And she answered, O oh, my papa, I know how I will make proof of him. And then she went away, and after supper her husband came in to her, according to his wont, whereupon Princess Dunya rose to him and took him under the armpit, and wheedled him with winsomet wheedling, and all sufficient are woman's wiles when as she would aught of men. And she ceased not to caress him, and beguile him with speech sweeter than the honey till she stole his reason. And when she saw that he altogether inclined to her, she said to him, O oh, my beloved, O coolth of my eyes and fruit of my vitals, Allah never desolate me by less of thee, or time sunderous twain me and thee. Indeed, the love of thee hath homed in my heart, the fire of passion hath consumed my liver, nor will I ever forsake thee, or transgress against thee. But I would have thee tell me the truth, for that the slights of falsehood profit not, nor do they secure credit at all seasons. How long wilt thou impose upon my father, and lie to him? I fear lest thine affair be discovered to him, ere we can devise some device, and he lay violent hands upon thee. So acquaint me with the facts of the case, for naught shall befall thee, save that which shall be glad in thee. And, when thou shalt have spoken sooth, fear not harm shall betide thee. How often wilt thou declare that thou art a merchant, and a man of money, and hast a luggage train? This long while past thou sayest, My baggage, my baggage! But there appeareth no sign of thy baggage and visible in thy face is anxiety on this account. So, and there be no worth in thy words, tell me, and I will contrive thee a contrivance whereby thou shalt come off safe, inshallah. He replied, I will tell thee the truth, and then do thou whatso thou wilt. Rejoined she, Speak, and look thou speak soothly, for sooth is the ark of safety, and beware of lying, for it dishonoureth the liar, and God-gifted is he who said, where that truth thou speak, I'll be sooth when said, shall cause thee in threatened fire to fall, and seek Allah's proof for most foolish he, who shall anger his lord to make friends with thrall. He said, Know, then, O my lady, that I am no merchant, and have no baggage, no, nor a burning plague. Nay, I was but a cobbler in my own country, and had a wife called Fatima the Dung, with whom there befell me this and that. And he told her his story from beginning to end, whereat she laughed and said, Verily thou art clever in the practice of lying and imposture. Whereto he answered, O my lady, may Allah Almighty preserve thee to veil sins and countervail chagrins. Rejoined she, Know that thou imposedest upon my sire, and deceivedest him by dint of thy deluding vaunts, so that of his greed for gain he married me to thee. Then thou squanderedest his wealth, and the vizier beareth thee a grudge for this. How many a time hath he spoken against thee to my father, saying, Indeed, he is an impostor, a liar! But my sire hearkened not to his say, for that he had sought me in wedlock, and I consented not that he be barren and I femme. However, the time grew longsome upon my sire, 
and he became straitened, and said to me, Make him confess. So I have made thee confess, and that which was covered is discovered. Now my father proposeth thee a mischief because of this, but thou art become my husband, and I will never transgress against thee. And I told my father what I have learnt from thee. He would be certified of thy falsehood and imposture, and that thou imposest upon kings, daughters, and squanderest royal wealth. So would thine offence find with him no pardon, and he would slay thee, sans a doubt. Wherefore it would be bruited among the folk that I married a man who was a liar and impostor, and this would smirch mine honour. Furthermore, and he kill thee, most like he will require me to wed another, and to such thing I will never consent, no, not though I die. So rise now, and don a mameluk's dress, and take these fifty thousand dinars of my money, and mount a swift steed, and get thee to a land whither the rule of my father doth not reach. Then make thee a merchant, and send me a letter by a courier, who shall bring it privily to me, that I may know in what land thou art, so I may send thee all my hand can attain. Thus shall thy wealth wax great, and if my father die, I will send for thee, and thou shalt return in respect and honour. And if we die, thou or I, and go to the mercy of God the Most Great, the resurrection shall unite us. This, then, is the reed that is right, and while we both abide alive and well, I will not cease to send thee letters and monies. Arise, ere the day was bright, and thou be in perplexed plight and perdition upon thy head alight. Quoth he, O oh, my lady, I beseech thee of thy favour to bid me farewell with thine embracement. And quoth she, No harm in that. So he embraced her, and knew her carnally, after which he made the gusul ablution. Then donning the dress of a white slave, he bade the psyches saddle him a thoroughbred steed. Accordingly they saddled him a courser, and he mounted, and farewelling his wife, rode forth from the city at the last of the night whilst all who saw him deemed him one of the Mamelukes of the sultan going abroad on some business. Next morning the king and his vizier repaired to the sitting-chamber, and sent for Princess Dunya, who came behind the curtain, and her father said to her, O oh, my daughter, what sayest thou? said she. I say, Allah blacken thy vizier's face, because he would have blackened my face in my husband's eyes. Asked the king, How so? And she answered, He came in to me yesterday. But before I could name the matter to him, behold, in walked Faraj, the chief eunuch, letter in hand, and said, Ten white slaves stand under the palace window, and have this letter, saying, Kiss for us the hands of our lord, merchant Maruf, and give him this letter, for we are of his mamelukes with the baggage, and it hath reached us that he hath wedded the king's daughter. So we are come to acquaint him with that which befell us by the way. Accordingly, I took the letter and read as follows. From the five hundred mamelukes to his highness our lord, merchant Maruf, but further, we give thee to know that, after thou quittedest us, the Arabs came out upon us and attacked us. They were two thousand horse, and we five hundred mounted slaves, and there befell a mighty sore fight between us and them. They hindered us from the road, thirty days doing battle with them, and this is the cause of our tarrying from thee. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased saying her permitted say. End of section 5 Recorded by Mr. Mike 79. From Lowell, Michigan, United States of America. Mike's Voice for Hire.com.